0: Hello, welcome to the Radiate Podcast. We're here to connect, encourage, and empower you to radiate the message of Jesus to yourself, your neighbors, and the world. I'm your host, Steve Presswood. Today, I'm on the phone with my Radiate Podcast guest, Sam Macklin. Sam, welcome to the program.
1: Howdy, howdy, Steve. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. It's a beautiful Sunday. It is. We just had some friends over earlier today and just enjoyed a beautiful day walking around and talking about the Lord and life. And I I, I can't tell you how thankful I am for the Navigators of, of helping me learn, I think, true fellowship and just learning how to have a, a friendship that just lasts a lifetime, that is meaningful.
0: Well, Sam is a recent graduate of OSU. He and his wife, Abigail, also known as Abby live in Oklahoma City. Sam is a native of Texas having grown up in Stephenville where football is huge I understand. (laughs) Sam I know you played high school football there in Stephenville and I'm going to ask you a little bit about your football days in a minute but before we get to that why don't you tell our podcast audience a few interesting facts about you.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the most interesting thing is from from Texas. That wraps it up, right, Steve?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do I do with this?
1: Yeah, I think most people at Oklahoma make it a joke that somebody's from Texas, but I'm proud of it. You know, probably some of the most interesting facts, I guess, about me would be I um, played college football uh, for a couple of years at Tarleton State University in my hometown and learned a whole lot of, uh, from that. And in high school, I was actually a better runner than I was a football player, and I enjoyed it more. Football paid the bills, I guess you could say, through a scholarship, and and, uh, so I got the chance to play football instead. I love hunting and fishing and hiking. You know, another interesting fact is my mom was in the Olympics, so she was on a Wheaties box and was in the 1984 Olympics, an amazing athlete, something that I still am learning to appreciate even today, but I also grew up moving around lots of different small towns. And so that was an interesting part of my childhood. Learned a lot about just the different cultures of all the different small towns and learned a lot about people through that. Yeah, there's a few interesting facts about me, I guess.
0: I'm sorry that I had forgotten that you played uh, some football post uh, high school. Tarleton is uh, what kind of a college?
1: Uh, it's Tarleton. It's a Division II college. Tarleton, and, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> moving towards uh, Division One, I, I think. Because it was Division II, you have some of the best athletes in the nation, that can't make grades in division one that come down to division two. But then you've got this interesting group of small town farm kids that worked hard enough to make it to division two football. And so you have this huge clash of personalities and I got thrown into the middle of it and it was just a crazy dynamic and very interesting in so many ways and learned a whole lot about myself and a lot about other people because of it. And I already thought I knew a lot growing up in a lot of different small towns, but
0: yeah. So what positions did you play?
1: Well, when I was younger, I played um, quarterback, and I was pretty fast, so they just stuck me anywhere they could use me. When I was a sophomore in freshman high school, I was about 155, 160 pounds and six foot two. Vernon, Texas is where we were at the time, and they lacked big guys. They looked around at all the people, and for some reason they said, Sam, you think you can play right tackle? And, you know, this is a, not a small town. I mean, it's not like we had only a few hundred. We had 10,000 people in the town. You'd think you'd have enough big guys, but they stuck me at right tackle. And uh, so I played that. But in college and in later on high school, I specialized, I think, at linebacker position. And that's what I played in, uh, in college. I played outside linebacker. It's called Rover. Bit of a different hybrid position.
0: Yeah. You mentioned that you learned lessons about yourself from football. Name some of those, if you would.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously teamwork. But I think at the next level, beyond teamwork, it really comes down to depending on others for their abilities and for their positions. You know, you always see a couple guys try to play every position, but it very rarely is a team successful enough to make it all the way to a state championship. And we fortunately made it all the way to a state championship my senior year of high school, which was we also won a conference when I was playing college football. It was a bigger deal to win a state championship in high school than it was to win a conference in Division II college football. And so depending on others was key, but there was a consistent discipline that when a few guys on the team committed to discipline each day, multiple times a day, it spread throughout the entire team. And I learned a lot about discipline because of that. I'd grown up working on different farms and ranches as a kid. But there was a new level of discipline that it required to be excellent at football and at your position specifically. And about that, about your position, another thing I learned is about being content with your position alone, because you can only control your position. You can't control what anybody else does. You can help them and encourage them during practice. But when it came to game time, you had to just work and be efficient at your one position. I think those are probably the main lessons that I learned. And interestingly enough, it prepared me beforehand for entering into discipleship later on. I think football was very instrumental in uh, just teaching me some of those lessons from an early age.
0: Sam, there are two qualities that I've seen in your life that I'd like to explore in our interview today. Those qualities are friendliness and intentionality. Uh, I'm gonna render an opinion here before we even get too far. Our interactions with others, I think, are often powerfully affected about how well we employ these qualities. Mm. So do you think it's possible to develop these qualities to grow in our friendliness and our intentionality? Or are we just stuck with whatever we currently have?
1: That's a good question. I, I absolutely agree with your opinion there. I, I do think it is completely important and really a requirement to grow those friendships, but I don't think that you're stuck. In fact, I think that the quality of our intentionality and our friendliness really parallels our walk with Christ and our growth in humility and meekness. Uh, Something I learned later on is um, the meekness in my life and my ability to surrender my life to Christ and to my friends in multiple ways really is what gave me the advantage in my in my relationships. And I'm not even sure if advantage is the best word there. It's it's what prevented me from leveling out and I think the depth of my friendships and brotherhoods.
0: Do you think for you personally that you've come by these naturally or was this ever hard for you?
1: So yeah that's that's an interesting question because, you know, friendliness and intentionality, they can be faked. <laughs> it's only they can only be faked for a little while. One of the big problems when I was a kid was, you know, we moved around quite a bit because we moved around. My dad was a pastor of these churches and he did a little bit of coaching and he did ranching and farming. We did we were around just tons of different types of people. And I had to quickly learn how to either become reclusive and and just stick to myself or I I had to learn how to engage in people you know, My natural tendency, I, I will admit, is to engage with people. You know that very well. I love talking with people. But initially in my life, I would say that it was more of a root of a, a poor identity and being pretentious and ostentatious in the beginning. I, I had a big fear of people learning uh, what was inside of me, the, the problems that I had in, internally and the things that I was really dealing with as a, as a man of God and and something maybe we could get into this podcast or another future podcast. But I just had some turmoil internally and, and also in my family. And so I had this very pretentious identity and trying to convey a, a certain type of personality and identity in front of other people. And so friendship intentionality in the beginning, it you could say it was natural in a way, but it, it really, I wouldn't say, was, was true friendship. It wasn't this David and Jonathan relationship. It wasn't this relationship relationship. You know, Paul started with Ananias and vulnerability. It wasn't this relationship that Jesus had with James. It was this really fake personality, and it really didn't get me very far hmm. in a lot of my friendships. Vulnerability was really the key to beginning um, some of my first real friendships. And the two first people I was truly vulnerable with, one of them was, name was Cade Freeland, guy from Vernon, Texas. Another guy's name is Garrett Tanner from Stephenville, Texas. Those are the two towns I probably would say I'm, I grew up in. Steenville is where I'd say I'm from. Those two guys are still friends, close friends, even today. I mean, I talk with Garrett on a routine basis, and both of those men, their friendships with me began in vulnerability, and the depth of those relationships are equal to the vulnerability and the humility and the surrender that that both of us had in the relationship. So mm. I definitely think that it is a bit you know, natural in some ways. But I think it can be developed and grown for sure.
0: Well, I think in part you've answered one of the questions that I had, and that was that probably we believe personality types are crucial to determining whether someone is going to be friendly, whether it's easy enough for them, or whether they're going to be intentional. And uh, I think often we believe that it's the extrovert that can sort of easily go into being friendly Mm. and intentional. Yeah, yeah. Does an introvert have a chance at developing these qualities or is it dependent on personality type? That's kind of the question I'm looking for here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, being an extrovert, it has a very easy temptation or sin to fall into. And I think that's the idea of controlling a relationship or controlling your identity in front of people. It can quickly work, I think, out of a identity and pride, a poor identity and the sin of pride. And so being an extrovert, I, I think it can jumpstart your ability to be intentional and friendly. However, I think there are some big potholes that people can easily and quickly fall into. And you see it all the time with different people. I think just this very you know, shallow level relationship. If an extrovert is walking in vulnerability, I think that they have an opportunity to be a huge witness for the Lord and have very deep relationships. But as an extrovert, you have the temptation of wanting to uphold a false identity in the way that you look in front of other people, and it's kind of this ostentatious, pretentious thing again. You know, like I was talking about earlier, and that's what I was falling into. My my relationships were so shallow, and ultimately, it was coming from a, a shallow relationship with God. I wasn't wasn't vulnerable with God, and so wasn't if I can't be vulnerable with God, I how can I be vulnerable with my brothers in Christ, or or just friends, and so. I was an extrovert but I was I was so empty in my friendships I, I had I didn't have any true brotherhood. It really wasn't until I walked in that vulnerability in my life about the things that were going on inside of me that that had to come out and had to be delivered to God. It wasn't until then that my friendships really did start to deepen and so I think as an introvert you have an opportunity really to evaluate things and evaluate yourself and evaluate what's going on. And think about things before you dive into friendships, deep friendships. And so I see I see introverts all the time. I'm married to one. I see her every single day. She's an absolute introvert. <laughs> I'm an extrovert. She's an introvert. We wake up every morning with two completely different uh <laughs> passions, I'd say, but the same calling, right? We we both have this desire to know God and to make him known as the navigator motto. And so, but we play it out, I think, in different ways. And we have to really walk in a compatibility with that and and respect the way that God is calling us as a marriage and also each of us individually. So I, I certainly think, you know, extroverts and introverts alike can develop good friendships, good relationships.
0: Would you say, Sam, that you just naturally have a genuine interest in other people? Or is that something that you've developed Do you just go into relationships for what you can get out of them? You've talked about some of the dangers that extroverts run into. Talk about that some, if you would.
1: Yeah, I I think starting out initially when I was a kid, I think it really was just purely what I could get out of the relationship. I think I had a longing for relationships that were meaningful, and I think it was an emptiness, a chasm that was inside of me, only what, what God could fill. I tried to pull that from people, but they never could fill the void that was inside of me. When I started to fill the void inside of me of who God is and who I am inside of him, it gave me the ability to walk in a vulnerability with people, not worried about the way I looked, but just opening my life to others and opening my life to God each morning and each day with other people and waiting for God to bring me friends and to show me to friends and to people that I could walk with for a lifetime, people that I could confide in, people that I could uh, grow with and be sharpened by. You know, I've been hammering it, I guess, but the really the key was the vulnerability. And so I think because of that, now I have an authentic desire to know people, to love people in friendships, discipleship relationships, brotherhoods, my wife and marriage, and then also new people when I'm witnessing to folks and getting to know folks that maybe not know Christ or have really spent much time around people who know Christ. And I think that vulnerability with God and coming to God in complete dependence, like a child before Him, I have to be completely dependent on Christ. And when I am completely dependent on Christ, on my Heavenly Father, I'm not worried about the way people look at me. I'm not really worried about what people are, are saying behind my back. I'm not worrying about those things, because those things happened to Jesus, and He was taken care of perfectly. That's the foundation of a authentic relationship. It is my relationship with Christ that enables me to have a deep relationship with my wife and with my brothers in Christ and with coworkers and with other people. It honestly really rubs people the wrong way sometimes. People Mm -hmm. sometimes don't like that vulnerability because it challenges the stuff that's inside of them, the sin that they're holding on to, the past scars, the past wounds, but I consistently am vulnerable with people and intentional and about sharing the gospel with them and who I am and what Christ has done. And I'm either a witness to people or I'm digging up new friends. It's really one or the other, or, and sometimes both. But I'm always, because of that, able to witness to people and to develop friendships.
0: Real insightful comments. Thank you. What's been your experience with intentionality? just kind of leaving you know, an open-ended question there to work with
1: just one tidbit and it's been a long time on that last question but you know intentionality is short-lived and it really is i would say worthless unless it is supplied with authentic agape love that we get from christ and with vulnerability and humility and I've tried it the other way. I've tried to be intentional initially, especially in discipleship relationships. When I'm not receiving agape love and I'm not walking in agape love and with vulnerability and humility, it becomes work. It's not something that's part of who I am and just this natural desire I have for people. It quickly becomes work. And that's what it was all before I became a Christian and uh, devoted my life to Christ.
0: Yeah. How would you say these two qualities, friendliness and intentionality, have impacted your interactions with others in matters of faith?
1: With my brothers in Christ, it has deepened our relationships. It has challenged them to be vulnerable and intentional with me and intentional with others. With non believers, it has allowed them the opportunity to evaluate life and evaluate their life and others uh, through a different perspective. In my marriage, it has brought a oneness quickly between Abby and I. It has challenged us, to, I think, to ask questions and walk through difficulties and challenges.
0: When you talk to people who are not Christ followers, how often do they shut you down from talking about spiritual things?
1: I, I've actually never been shut down. I think the worst that that's ever happened to me is I've been heavily interrogated. I think people have pretty much spring-loaded, and they're just waiting for a Christian to ask them a question, which... Tells me some things about their heart, and actually gives me some insight uh, when we're having conversation. But I've I've never been shut down. But the worst I've ever had was there's been a few people in, in college, especially, and one at at work, which has been interesting. That's a different dynamic now that I have to see them every single day. There's a few times where people are pretty much spring loaded, and uh, I have to be prepared to give answers or be, again, vulnerable and, and tell them I'm I'm not sure if I know the answer to that question, or I'm not sure if that is an avenue or an area that I think is even really worth talking about right now. You know, maybe we should we should talk about this, or or maybe we should um, direct the conversation a little bit. Those are questions that I'm having in my head. But I think being vulnerable just to direct the conversation back to Christ or to tell him that you need some time to think about it is is perfectly allowable, and it usually diffuses the situation. And it happens a lot at work with one particular person, actually.
0: Yeah. One of the things that's driving this question is that I think people sometimes have this fear that if they try to initiate a conversation with someone who doesn't know Christ, if they go to someone and try to be friendly and see where that might go, uh, they're fearful of people rejecting them, of shutting them down, Mm -hmm. or of if they were to go into a spiritual topic, having them... Uh, you know, push back and say, I don't want to talk about that. I think the skills that we have relationally can determine how well people respond to us. And so they may respond poorly because our skills stink, (laughs) but they may respond really well because we have good skills in relationships. I don't fancy myself to be particularly good at this, but I believe like you do that you can develop these skills. And one of the reasons I think you don't see yourself getting shut down much is because you really are skilled in this area. So I think there's something to take away for those of us who have trouble with this.
1: <laughs> That's a good point, point. and I'm glad you bring it up, because it has not always been this way. In fact, when I was in high school and even early on in college, I incited, I think, a lot of violence. <laughs> not violence, but a lot of <laughs> frustration and anger. Violence is, I guess, inciting violence is a buzzword right now, so it kind of just came out of my mind. <laughs> I did incite a lot of frustration and anger because I came, I came from, a, I think, a standpoint of pride and a lack of humility that people always will sense. People will always sense in those conversations, initial meetings, if there is pride harbored in your heart, and it comes out in a, in a variety of different ways. But if you walk in humility and really just like a, as a helper and as a lover from Christ, people are open to listen to what you have to talk about. And if you truly do listen to what they have to say, even though in your head you're listening to them and you're thinking to yourself, where did these ideas come from? Like how in the world did they get to this conclusion? People will oftentimes listen to what you have to say. It's kind of a case by case scenario in some ways for uh, for some people. I, I really do believe Steve that the Lord blesses even our dumb ideas and our not well-thought-out responses to people when we are vulnerable in Christ and when we're walking in Him. I've seen that time and time again. I didn't give the best response, but I, I gave a response in love and in dependence in the Lord, and that same person may have walked away not necessarily with the answer that they wanted or were looking for, but they came back another time to ask another question because they knew that they could talk with me and really dig into answers that they were looking for.
0: I really appreciate what you've said on these topics. I want to just take a little departure from where we've gone and just thank you for those thoughts. I think they're really, really helpful. And ask you something about the transition that you and Abby have had going from college life to being married and working. What's that been like for you? What have been the biggest challenges?
1: Well, you know, everything in college that was fast becomes slow when you get out. And everything that was slow in college becomes fast when you get out. And that's true in friendships. That's true in the bank account, I guess. That's that's true in uh, ideas. It's true. It can be true spiritually, but it doesn't have to be true spiritually. One of, the, one of the issues that we've ran into with a lot of other people and a lot of other couples in, in our church that we attend and just in the workplace is few people are motivated for and by the gospel. Few people really have this deep desire to know God. They are comfortably content with just going to church on Sundays, and they're comfortably content with just knowing a few things about God, but not really knowing God, and God not really being able to be a building block and foundation in their lives. So Abby and I have been working pretty hard in a couple people's lives and couples' lives to help them basically relight the fire inside of their life. This whole conversation about friendship and intentionality is really what it takes to help people walk with Christ, and so... I think it's been a really pertinent conversation. I think it's been a pertinent talk to helping people walk with Christ in the workplace and coming out of college.
0: Well, what fun to talk with you today. Seems short now that we've come to the end of our time. Yeah. I just want to thank you for joining me on the podcast. Really good to hear your thoughts and to spend time with you. Thanks for joining me.
1: Thank you, Steve. And just thank you for the investment that you've given to me and and into the lives of so many of my friends and brothers in Christ. You bet. And for tripping my wife so she could uh, fall into my life.
0: (laughs) That'll have to be another podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Take care. See you, Steve. Thanks for tuning in to Radiate. You can continue to listen wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect to us online at osunavs.org and on Instagram at osunavs. See you next time. And until then, keep radiating the message of Jesus.